What if you paid a lot of money and studied for years to do something that was important to you, something that you were passionate about, and then all of a sudden it was taken away from you? What would you do if you physically couldn't perform your job anymore? Would it be a setback or would it be a comeback? Let's tell that story. It's Robert Kennedy third RK3. That's me. And welcome back to another episode of the What's My Story podcast, the show where we go from there to here, the show where we talk about pivotal moments in people's lives that really laid the foundation for their success. I love these conversations because my goal and my hope and my desire is that in the story, somewhere in the stories of the guests, you find a nugget, you find something that will enable you to go forward. Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you think you're a little bit too old to do certain things. Maybe you've had some challenges in your space. I want to provide you the fodder. I want to provide you the inspiration. I want to provide you even the roadmap to help you move forward so that you can be your best, so that you can tell your story and transform the world. Let's start this thing in just a second here. Before we go in, I want you to do this thing right here. I'm I'm poking it. I'm pointing at it. Text me. 410-936-4049. You want to know when we're going live, type RK3 live and text it to 410-936-4049. If you are in our text list or text group, you'll have amazing access to some early stuff as well. We're actually doing an Amazon giveaway this Thursday, an Amazon gift card giveaway this Thursday. So if you want to be a part of that, text me 410-936-4049. If you want to learn more about storytelling, how to create visibility for your business, for your coaching, for your consulting, for your entrepreneurship, your small business, then make sure that you join me in the Storytellers Growth Lab. Head on over to storytellersgrowthlab.com. Click the orange button, the big one. It says join the community and you can get connected with us in the Storytellers Growth Lab. Last thing is this. I want you to check the show notes when this is done. We're going live via video right now, but every Thursday we release the audio version of this podcast. You can get connected with it on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. You can get connected with it on Spotify, on Pandora, on Google Play, on Stitcher. We're on all of your favorite podcast directories and networks. I want you to check the show notes because I've got something special that I want to share with you as well. I don't know if you've ever had the moment where you're just really trying to get an idea out. You're just trying to move your business forward. You're trying to share your story in a way and you're stuck for some reason. Well, guess what? I've decided to rent out my brain to you. Yeah, I am. I'm renting out my brain to you. And we're going to be doing what we call the brain power half hour. If you want to learn more about it, just click in the show notes to get that information and we'll block 30 minutes where we can hear what you want to do. And then I'll share with you my thoughts and you can just dig all up in here for about 30 minutes and we'll make this thing happen for you. All right. Well, listen, I'm super excited about our guest today. Dr. Angela Mulroney is a former dentist turned personal brand expert. My goodness. How does that even 
fit together? Well, we're going to figure that out today. She works with professionals in small business to get them noticed as the go-to expert in their industry, especially on LinkedIn. She's a professional speaker. She's a choreographer and dancer. Ooh, we're going to talk about that. I think she's got several business businesses, but the common theme in all of them, she's named them with this one word, which I find fascinating. It is unleashed. Let me make my voice deeper. I got to get some bass in there. Unleashed. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, let's tell the story. Dr. Angela Mulroney, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you for having me, Robert. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. What amazing thing is happening in your world right now? What's exciting for you right now? Well, I'm currently sitting in my yard in Nicaragua. Um, oh, it's my a beautiful gosh. day. Yeah, that's where I live now. I used to live in yeah. Canada, but I decided last January to move down here and enjoy surf life while growing my businesses. So, yeah, that's the best part of my life right now. Wow. She said business is plural, not just one business, but you're doing several things. And I just mentioned you're, you've got a choreography business. What is it? Unleashed Dance? I don't remember what it is. Unleashed Yes, Unleashed something. Dance Company. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I, good guess, Robert. <laughs> All right. So you've got the Unleashed, and you've got you've got some a, a dental company oh. that is uh, Unleashed something. So what 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 is that one? Unleashing Dentistry's potential. My goodness. Yeah, and so and your website, which will pop up here in just a moment. Let me actually go back so people can see this. Unleashinginfluence.com. Yes. So you do personal branding, and we're gonna we're gonna dig into that a little bit later on. But let's start out with this. The majority of us on earth um, have some struggles with, with, with going to the dentist. And it's not, it's not one of our favorite things all the time. <laughs> what, yeah. what, what made you decide to want to go into dentist, dentistry? What was the pull for you? For Pun some reason. Intended. Yeah, full intended. <laughs> um, for some reason, around two years old, I started to like people's teeth. I started to want to stick my fingers in their mouths and want to see what was in there. And yeah. that fascination with the white pearly things in people's mouths really never went away. Um, in high school, people were like, oh, you're too smart to be a dentist because I was top of my class. And I'm like, but I really like this. But they're like, oh, you should be doing medicine. So I explored yeah. that and then came right back to dentistry. So uh, that was kind of always my journey. And at 24, I was fortunate enough to graduate in the really the minimum amount of time that I could to get through undergrad and get through the dental program. And so I was unleashed into the world as a enthusiastic, passionate little dentist and started to make my path. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that would be scary for me having a really enthusiastic <laughs> dentist. Ah, let's get in your mouth. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, a lot of patients told me I've never seen someone so excited about teeth as you. So it, it worked in my favor, but for some yeah. people it was a little bit strange. <laughs> okay. So you are a dentist. You, you complete the work and now you are, you've got your own practice. You start, you start your own dental practice and you're doing this work, but somewhere along the way, something happens mm -hmm. that causes you to not be able to do dentistry anymore, at least not in the way that you intended originally. Walk us through the accident. Walk us through what takes place that causes the, the, you not to be able to do it physically anymore. 
Sure. So four and a half years into my after graduating dental school, I bought the practice. It was this broken down practice in the worst part of town. It was part of town that police were like, don't go walk there at night. Um, wow. And I decided I walked into this practice and I just fell in love with the potential of everything. It had the best view in the city, even though it was really in this awful area. And so I invested in it, turned it around into this high end, high tech practice. Um, catered my my skill sets to working with phobic patients, so people who are terrified of the dentist, and built up this referral base and had other dentists who were quite significantly my senior sending me patients uh, because we didn't really use websites as much back then. So they thought, it was funny, I hear this um, after the fact, they're like, we thought you were this fat old lady who was doing the the sedation patients. And they're like, I didn't realize you were like 20 years my, my junior. So yeah. it was interesting how I was able to build that out. And just as everything was perfect, I had an amazing team. My practice was where I wanted it to be. I had amazing patients. Then I ended up starting to have pain in my drilling hand. And mm. for three months, I pushed through, pushed through, pushed through. And then finally, it came to a head. After a five-hour procedure, my hand stopped working. I wasn't able to pick up my instrument. I had my patient flapped open. And I had one of those kind of holy shit moments where I'm going, I don't know how I'm going to fix this problem. So I pulled my assistant out of the room and said, well, I'm going to have to use my left hand. You're going to be my right hand. And we're going to get this solved and get the patient safe and get her on her way. And so we got the patient sutured back up magically and sent her on her way. And unfortunately, that was the last day I got to practice dentistry. Wow. Wow. So was it just something that that developed that that happened? Was there a pre-existing thing that caused you to have this this uh, this mishap or you're not able to use your hand anymore? Yeah. So it took about six months to figure out what what had actually transpired. And when we looked back at the history, I'd been having problems with my hand, but it got exacerbated once I bought the practice because my first four and a half years of being an associate, I worked with kids. So quick, short procedures, get them in and get them out because they don't, they don't sit very well for very long. But right. once I got into the IV station thing, you're doing sometimes five, six hours with a patient. And so they said I pushed my dexterity to the point where this genetic predisposition that I had, that I had no idea about, got activated. And so what ended up happening was my manual dexterity, my fine motor skill got killed and my career really killed my career. So unfortunately, um, what they told me was I picked the wrong path in my life for wow. my genetics. Wow. So you, this thing happens to you. You just talked to us about how from the time you were a child, you were poking your fingers in people's mouths. You had this fascination with the pearly whites and you went to dental school. You paid a boat ton of money to make that happen. And you're in your practice and you're in your career. And now it gets taken away mid-surgery right not 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 even like you're hanging out at home you get this gets taken away in a very dramatic way what are you feeling as this as this realization begins to set in for you it was very surreal and i had like after it had happened people were like well you know you're gonna figure it out you're gonna be able to get back to practice and inside i had this ick feeling that they were wrong Wow. And I've always been someone who's very optimistic where there's a will, there's a way I can do it kind of thing. But after that injury happened, mm -hmm. that that feeling was there and it was taking so much time to figure it out. And when I finally went, I ended up going down to the Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale 
And three days into me being there, they told me, you know, you need to figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your life because you're not going to be a dentist. Wow. And that was actually, it was devastating, but it was also a relief because up until that point, that, that hope that people were trying to give me had me pulled in so many different directions because my instinct was this, I was done. And then everyone was like, oh, there's hope. So I was getting yanked between these two things. And finally, when they said, this is what's happening, then I had a path forward that I had, right. I had some decisions to make, but at least I knew I had all the information to make those decisions. Yeah. So you talked about being yanked between a couple of things. Uh, dentistry was one. What, what was the other thing that was pulling your attention at the time? There, just the, the trying to figure out what my path would be if I couldn't return to dentistry. But, okay. you know, my love was dentistry. That's where I wanted to be. So even considering a new path felt awful because I'm like, but, you know, if this works out and I can get back to it, that's definitely where I wanted to go. Yeah. So let's start to talk about how you began to pivot and to figure out this new path, because there are so many people that maybe even don't have the trauma or the dramatic injury that that happens, but they're in a space, they're in a career that they don't love. Then they're they're like maybe 30s, 40s even. And they're trying to say, OK, yeah, um, I need to, to, to pivot because I'm I need to be happy with my life. I need to do something that I'm passionate about. I need to do something that I'm great at. How do you start to how, how did you begin to make that pivot and figure out what the next step was for you? Now, before you answer that question, let's take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor. Are you a content creator, speaker, or thought leader? Do you pull your hair out every time you try to edit a video or get really disappointed when your videos don't get the views you're hoping for? It's okay to admit that you need help. If you're ready to stop wasting time and start spreading your message, it's nice to meet you. I'm Kayla O'Brien of Kayla O'Brien Media. I help creators in a variety of businesses get a foolproof game plan for their video content. Does that sound like something you want? No matter where you're starting from today, you need to know what your goals are, how to get the highest production value, and how to edit your content to fit correctly on each platform. No matter what your budget, there are options that can help you get started today. If you're ready to take your content creation experience from this to this, visit KaylaO'BrienMedia.com and let's connect. Just want to say thank you to Kayla O'Brien for sharing her gift with us. If you've got a business, if you've got, if you're a coach, if you're a consultant, if you're a speaker and you want to make sure that your message connects with your audience and that the photography and the filmography and the videography is on point, make sure that you connect with Kayla O'Brien at KaylaO'BrienMedia.com. So let's get back to our story and our question. So you are trying to figure out what your next step is. What's going through your mind and what begins to open up the possibilities for you? What, what, what starts to happen? What that makes you see? Yeah, here's, here's something that I can do. But honestly, it took about two and a half years because wow. all the advisors that I had told me, you know, you have a practice, you can keep running it without you actually doing the dentistry. And that, that is correct. But the people who, who could step into the role that I was playing, couldn't step into the role that I was playing. And they didn't want to, they didn't want to be dealing with phobic patients. They didn't right. want to learn IV station. They didn't want to have that skill set. So I ended up having to revert the practice to a very bread and butter practice 
in those two and a half years. And then finally, I I was in Calgary. So the oil crisis happened and the bottom fell out of our economy. And I decided how fast the economy was taking a nosedive. I decided it was time to peace out and move on. So I first actually built um, my professional dance company and I danced professionally as long as I was a dentist. So I didn't run away and join the circus. But <laughs> it, for a lot of people, it felt that way because they didn't realize I had this other life. That was my, yeah. my nighttime job. My daytime job was dentistry. So built um, the dance company over the next year. In the first six months, we were the second largest adult-based dance company in our city. And it was an opportunity for me to just take a step away from people looking at me with pity because they knew I'd lost my career. It allowed me to move through a lot of things. And I started to have these realizations that, you know, yeah, I'd been through a lot of crap and I'd been through a lot of things that most people wouldn't even experience in a 30 year career. And I'd experienced it in eight and a half years. And so I realized there was an opportunity to take this situation that was awful and turn it into something that could actually help other people. So I started to look at the lessons I had learned, figure out how I could teach them and started to build out my coaching program, which is Unleashing Dump Street's Potential. Wow. I, I find it fascinating that you were able to to pull that together just to to take a moment to look at the lessons. So as as you're looking at the lessons, what are some of the lessons that stood out for you that enabled you to say, you know what, I can teach this thing and we're going to pivot in just a second to to what you teach. But what what were the things that stood out to you that that allowed you to say, hey, here's this this additional skill set that I didn't even really know that that I had? What, what stood out for you? Well, a lot of it was actually just bringing in that army of people who could help me because, you know, when you're young and dumb, you you think you can do it all and you think you can learn it all. And so you don't necessarily leverage other people. And so I had made so many mistakes and wasted so much effort and time trying to become masterful at everything instead of looking at who those people out there were who could come in and help uh, build my website, who could come in and help advise me on what I needed to do with my finances, who could help me to organize the business. And so I didn't want people to go through those same errors because, you know, I wasted a lot of time and cash on that. And that was one of the biggest things that I found I could pass on to people. Yeah. So I, I love that because I think one of the things that a lot of people don't recognize and realize is that even if you're not sure what your next step is, the thing that you always have is your story. The thing that you always have have is is your journey. So at the very minimum, you can share with people the steps that you've taken, the mistakes that you've made, the, the the hiccups and the obstacles that you've had to navigate. And that's that's a way to be uh, of value as well. So you've you've now learned some of these lessons and, and you're starting to parlay that into this new space, sharing and coaching people. Tell us a little bit about this this new space and, and what your first couple of clients and experiences were like. Well, I'll be honest, I was very perfectionist with trying to build out this program. And so I recorded my program, listened to it, deleted it, re-recorded it, took me about three times. And yeah. instead of just getting out there and, you know, taking one lesson at a time, starting one client at a time, I really want to put out this perfect product. And I think that comes with dentistry, right? We're always yeah. trying to create perfection in our fillings or trying to create perfection in what we do. And so I wasted a lot of time getting that done. And then when it was time to start putting it out there, I was like, I don't even know how to reach out to people and people that were in the dental industry who I'd worked with, 
didn't really want to talk to me because I was new as a coach. So I didn't have a reputation that I could fall back on. They were just like, well, you were a dentist and you got injured. So what can you possibly do? So to get noticed and start building out those connections, I took to LinkedIn, which is not a traditional path for dentists to hop onto. Most of the time, dentists avoid LinkedIn. And I just started talking about what I knew about niching, what I knew about building brands. And it was interesting because at first I'm like, well, dentists are pretty conservative. And I'm someone who has shaved side of her head, crazy curly hair. I was like, okay, so I'm going to make myself look more conservative, look like the people that um, dentists typically look like and talk yeah. the way that they talked. And it was kind of like this flat line. I wasn't getting clients. I wasn't getting engagement. And finally, one day I was like, this is dumb. I, I need to go back to the drawing board. And so I was like, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be sassy. I'm going to look the way that I look and see what happens. And that was when I went from 200 to 12,000 followers in the next 12 months. Once I made that wow. decision to just be me. And then people started to be like, can you actually do that for me? I've seen you do this. I hear your name all the time in the industry. And so people inside and outside of dentistry started coming to me and asking me to help them. And that's where Unleashing Influence started to be born. I was like, well, let me see if I can figure out how I can help you and see if I can duplicate what I've done on another human being. And if it works out, then I'll look at building this company. And uh, it didn't take long to be able to duplicate it over and over again. And so that was how the, the third company, Unleashing Influence, was born. Yeah. So is it, though, just going from, from traditional or conservative to sassy that made the difference for you? I mean, is if I want to jump from 200 followers to a 10,000 followers in, in the course of 12 months, do I just need to be loud? Do I need to be controversial? What is it that you advise people to do to really unleash or upgrade their influence? What they really need to do is lean into exactly who they are, right? You're going to have people who love you. If you're super conservative, there's going to be lots of super conservative people who relate to you, right? If you're a rebel and you know, you are sassy and, you know, you hold a mirror to the world and show them what they're about. You're going to attract those kind of people too. So the more you actually just be who you are, you're going to polarize your audience. You're going to have people who love you, people who hate you, and that's okay. You're going to lean into the people who love you and start to serve them at the highest level. And you'll have so much easier of a time building your audience, building your clientele. If you are who you are, showcase your values, showcase your personality, showcase what you actually can do for them. And that, but that for a lot of professionals is really hard because they want to be perfect and they don't really know what perfect is. They don't know what professional is. And so they have this interesting concept in their brain and it really holds them back. It makes them hide who they are. It makes them hide their accent. It makes them hide where they come from. And I think that's the worst thing that people can do if they're trying to build their brand. Right. So what if I'm kind of a middle of the road person? I'm not really controversial. I'm, I'm a pacifist. I'm. I'm just kind of, you know, very calm, but I want to be able to influence. I want to be able to to build a brand as you're talking about. Do I have to change who I am? Do I need to add something else? What what do I do if I'm that that person that even even I might I I might consider myself boring? What do I do? As long as you're being you and you're sharing what you know and giving tips and tools to people to help them to to be able to help themselves before they come to you, you're still going to be able to find your tribe because there's so right. many different types of people out there. And yeah. you're going to find the people who jive with what you're doing, even if you consider it to be boring. But if you're being you, that's the best way you can be. Okay. So I'm um, being myself. I'm gaining a little bit. What, 
what are what are one or two steps that I can follow once I learn how to be myself? Do I just be myself and record a live stream video? Uh, you know, what are, what are the things that you share with your clients to do after they they begin to how do, how do I find my tribe? Well, the first thing I always ask them is, why are you exactly where you are today? What mm -hmm. is keeping you on this path? Because we've just been through a massively traumatizing experience worldwide. Yeah. And a lot of people have left their industries. A lot of people have dug in and gone deeper in their industry. So it's important to figure out why you're still doing what you're doing. Yeah. And a lot of people, when I ask them that question, they don't really know, right? They have this concept um, of what they should be doing, but they don't understand why they really are engaged with what they're doing, why they're passionate about it. And sometimes that's one of those light bulb moments that makes them go, well, I actually need to pivot and do something different because this isn't working for me. Yeah. The next question I ask them is, you know, why? Why did you even get started in this? Because there, there's usually something that happened. Maybe they had a family history of being in that industry, but maybe they also had something happen where they got helped by someone in that industry. And so that set them on the path to where they want to go. And then the third thing I want them to figure out is where are you trying to go in the next 10 years? What are you trying to achieve? And once you have those three things really figured out, that builds your brand story, that builds foundation for everything that you're doing. And it helps you to understand who you are in your industry and how you actually want to help people. But I find before you actually figure that out, it's really hard to build a clear personal brand. And most people end up just throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping something that's hoping that something will stick. Yeah. Yeah. So you work with coaches now, or you at least coach, do you particularly coach in the dentist dental industry? What, where, where, where do you, who, who are your people? I work with a lot of different tech companies. I work with startups, um, people who are trying to figure out how to get funding. I help right. coach them how to uh, present in the boardroom as well so that they can go from being really high level to actually getting to the level of the people that would invest with them. I do work with coaches and speakers as well to help them to figure out what their message is so that they can land the gigs that they want. So it's quite broad who I work with. Uh, the main criteria is they have to be willing to put themselves out there. They have to be willing to get on video and create content. Love it. Love it. So where do we, where do people get in touch with you? I know we've got your website unleashing influence under your name, but where, where do people get in touch with you to learn more about you and the programs that you have to offer? Sure. They can send me an email at Angela at unleashing influence.com. Love it. Love it. And, uh, as far as social media, what's the best way to reach you? LinkedIn is definitely my, that's where I live and breathe my social media. So that's the best place yeah. to check me out. So I shouldn't search for you on TikTok, is what you're saying, right? No. <laughs> I can dance, but I don't do TikTok. <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, Angela, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Hang out in the green room for just a moment as we wrap this up. I don't know if you got it. I don't know if you got it. I hope you did. What she said was, be who you are. Your tribe will come once you really understand who you are your vibe will find your tribe, right? And that is not just about something that is made up or a formula that, that you purchase online from a guru. What it is, is your story. It's the stuff that you've experienced. It's the challenges that you've navigated. It's the things that you've had to go through in your life and the things that you've conquered. And even maybe some of the things that you failed that allow you to get to the place where you are 
right now. And guess what? There's somebody out there who is having a similar experience and there is somebody who you are the perfect guide for. So don't worry about the challenges. Don't fight the obstacles. Don't be sad because you've had situations happen in your life. As we said at the end of every, every episode, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story and your story deserves a stage. So get on out there and tell it. We'll see you on the next episode of the What's My Story podcast. I'm Robert Kennedy III. Peace. What's my story?